Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. We're a little more than halfway through a six-hour full lunar eclipse. We uh, read in the Srimad Bhagavatam that actually it's described about the solar eclipse, how solar or lunar one is supposed to uh, enter the sacred water and chant the holy names. Vrindavan Chandra Prabhu told me that uh, in his home in Gujarat during an eclipse everyone would stay inside. It's inauspicious to go outside to be exposed to or to see that. And people would go on doing kirtan throughout, throughout the time. Of course, uh, he was from a bogus sampradaya, but they're following the, the culture but with a bogus understanding. Now that was a, a very common thing. Uh, people would follow Ekadashi. They would fast all day and night without even water, even just not once a year, but every time. Still in Madhva Sampradaya, many people do that, at least the sannyasis. But it seems in the modern age, people are very weak, both physically and mentally, to do such things. There's neither manasic balam or shariric balam. Neither lacking in both. And adhyatmic balam also. So, uh, at some point in our movement, some of the devotees became very enthusiastic. We should follow a kadashi fully, stay up all night, but they'd, they'd just sit and they're supposed to be chanting, but they'd all be falling asleep. But maybe it can be done if one is practiced from an early age. It can be done can still be done uh, if taken up later in life. But you have to see if you become so very weak that you can't, and so tired that the next day or two days you can't do your service or sadhana properly, then it's probably better just to take rest early and at a normal time like this instead of staying up all night. But it is a feature of Kali Yoga that people have weaker bodies, Weaker, the, the strength is not there as previously. So many reasons could be given for that. The food doesn't have the same shakti, it's grown with chemicals. Because people don't follow the, uh, all, the old practices they used to follow, the bodies become weak. People would lead regulated lives, eat simple food. So many little things people used to follow just for, and that would help to maintain their health. Nowadays, people, you know, they eat, they get some packet of bread from the shop or some packet of crisps. It's completely... It's just like uh, this uh, Sadev Prabhu was saying, there's, there's pran that gives the life. But the, if you buy packet bread from the shop, they say there's carbohydrates which gives you energy, but there's no prana, there's no vital energy. So people find it very difficult to do all these kind of things. Anyway, um, <clears throat> usually people are accustomed to taking rest somewhat late. I've just been out at Nanda Gokulam upcoming farm project. So usually I take rest just a little later than this when I've been out there. And then automatically wake up about 3 o'clock. And come to the city and then the dogs are barking in the night and it's uh, such a difference. The, 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 uh, like, uh, 
Sahadeva was saying in Hong Kong, it's like mental. What did he say? Mentally polluted, mentally contaminated. You just feel in, in some places you go to, you can just feel the mental contamination. Sahadeva Prabhu even said to Narendra Hong Kong. I'm saying this. I, he didn't say that. I, in the, what I just said, I just didn't say anything about Hong Kong. Yeah, I, I didn't translate. You didn't give me time, so I'm doing. Oh, I see. You're going back to the previous. Okay. selling vinyl records which young people they've never seen or heard of. Some Harikesh Maharaj's bhajans. I was selling these records and we were collecting money for purchasing vehicles for preaching in Bangladesh, which those vehicles, we got a lot of preaching out of them. Years and years of programs. They weren't cassettes. No one had heard of cassettes in those days. 33 RPM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in some town and I just saw there's some door, so I opened it up. We're looking for people to distribute things to. Small towns in Denmark, there are not that many people around. So I was surprised. It just looked like an innocuous or not very important kind of door, but there was a big hall inside. And inside, people were playing bingo, which is a kind of uh, gambling. Based, I, I, I think it's just based on luck. I don't exa- know exactly how it works. I don't think there's any skill or anything in it. And although it doesn't seem like there's anything particularly, people are just sitting and they call out some numbers, but you could feel the whole atmosphere is very contaminated. <coughs> and I had some realization at that point, because I always used to think meat-eating, it's very sinful, and illicit sex, it's very sinful... And intoxication is very simple, but I never used to think, I used to think gambling, it's not so bad. I, mean, I never said that, but I had some kind of thought in my mind. But when I experienced that atmosphere, I could understand, yes, this is very sinful. You could uh, perceive the mental contamination. So, although Sahadev Prabhu was saying it's so much better in Hyderabad than Hong Kong, Coming from Nanda Gokulam to Secunderabad, it feels like that to me also. Often devotees from the West, if they've spent some time in India and they go back to the West, they can, isn't it? When you first go, you can just feel what a difference. It's just so contaminated, the whole atmosphere. This culture here is, even though it's broken down so much, but it's still so much better than the West, actually. Just like Arjuna Prabhu was telling me that it happened several times to him while he's walking in the street in London that young kids, what, 12, 13 years old? Maybe 15, 16 years, just a gang of them, they just attack him like a bunch of dogs. What for? No reason. Just fun. Just just to show off to the girls. And look, just stand up and see how big he is. You see? But they, they're just like like animals. They just attack for no reason. So 
there's this propaganda that, that actually Europeans, and especially the British, they're very civilized. The British have this feeling like, you know, we're superior to everyone. A British and they made this propaganda and everyone believes it somehow. Or other. Prabhupada said they went all over the world and stole everything from all the other countries and they can build big buildings, but that doesn't mean that they're civilized. But at least in India now, you, you still can't imagine that you just walk on the street and some, some kids will just attack you just for fun. When by the influence of Kali Yuga everywhere, the, the <coughs> culture and civilization is going down. A few years ago I read in the newspaper in Bangalore that it was like the first time that some young woman was going alone at night because, you know, this, this uh, what's that called? Self call centers, and she was murdered. So it was like it never happened. It was never imaginable in Bangalore previously. Wasn't it was a taxi. You remember that? It was a big thing in Bangalore, right? Auto rickshaw or something. Was it? Yeah. it was, a, yeah. So that's with Kali Yoga, people, they gradually become just like animals. With every day in Kali Yoga, gradually all the good qualities diminish. They're, they're mentioned, uh, with every day dharma diminishes, satyam diminishes, shocham, uh, cleanliness, kshama, uh, Daya, Kalena Balina Rajan, Ayu, Bala, means Sharirik Balam, and Smriti, Smriti. So it's a very bad situation. And the only solution is Egmatra Samadhanam. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Keva, Lam Kalo, Nas, Jeva, Nas, Jeva, Nas, Jeva, Gatir, Anyata. If we can't stay up all night on a Kadashi, you know, we find it difficult to control the mind, but anyway, just go on chanting. Do what you can. Chant as much as you can. Go on chanting. Okay, anyway, there are some questions here. Who wrote this question? Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur was very accommodating, personally, in preaching, but in writing he was strong. Who wrote this? Priya Govinda. Srila Prabhupada was strong in preaching and writing, but accommodative in personal dealings. To what extent can a guru or acharya be accommodative in ISKCON? Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Can you give an example of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's <coughs> being very accommodative personally in preaching? He was later lamenting that he was accommodative personally. Uh, I don't know. He was also... Uh, generally it's thought that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was very accommodative, but... Accommodating, but... 
Just like when he went, he went to see Ramakrishna, so-called Paramahamsa, and he, I mean, he didn't personally blast him, but when he came back, he he spoke. That's mentioned in Bhaktisiddhanta Baba. When he came back, he explained to everyone, according to Bhaktisamrita Sindhu, how Ramakrishna was bogus. People think Bhaktivinoda is very accommodating, but I don't think any of us could live with him according to his standards. Then I said that this, people say he's very accommodating. He said that. Uh, he insisted that anyone who wanted to be his follower, they had to follow Chaturmasya very seriously. He wouldn't allow any prajalpa in his presence, I mean, among his disciples. Um... He mixed with many people, being uh, in secular life, you could say. He mixed with Britishers and uh, all different kinds of people. He was friends or with, or, what's that name, Ghosh, Tarun Kanti was his grandson. Uh, I can't remember. I just can't remember now. He's a famous writer who was a, a popular. He popularly promoted the uh, Tushar Kanti. Tushar Kanti. Was it Tushar Kanti Ghosh? I can't remember. So, uh, who was he? He was a fish eater, but he was promoting Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, but you know, it had some dealings with him like that. You could say he was like a friend, superficially. And in his in his publications, Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, allowed people who were not pure Vaishnavas to write some some articles in his Sajana Toshani and Vishnu Priya Patrika, these two magazines that he ran. That was explained later by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. That was necessary at the time. But that wasn't supposed to be a permanent principle. Srila Prabhupada said, I'm 80% more lenient than my Guru Maharaj. I'm afraid if we make it 80% more lenient than Prabhupada, then there'll be nothing left. So how accommodative can we be? Accommodating or whatever. Well, you'll get different answers from different people. Some things we accept as uh, unchangeable. Some things we accept as principles, not that they, they cannot be changed. Just like for initiation, 16 rounds, four regulated principles. So you may propose that for preaching you make it easier. Um, and we do see, actually, I don't know where they got the idea from, but it's, it seems to be quite normal among Goryamat gurus, that they initiate people with four rounds or no rounds or whatever. So you could say, well, then many people, they become Vaishnavas. But there's not much strength there, because there's not, with, without commitment, there's, you don't get strength. So how much adjustment can we make? Well, like I say, different people will say different things. But generally, at least within ISKCON, we we uh, we stick to this. 16 rounds, four regulated principles for initiation. 
Then anyone can come and join with us and they can come in our rathiatras and take prasadam, but if they want to be initiated, there are certain standards. And of course, it's possible, to, when we say these are the minimum principles, actually there are other things which have to be followed also. Uh, just like I am quite strong on insisting that my disciples, they should not watch TV, for instance. Because anyway, what if you want to be Krishna conscious, why on earth would you watch? You know, what is the, it's just, it's just contaminating to the mind. And then if you watch that, then you'll get the desire to break the tip regulative principle. So I'm quite strict also. Don't eat food cooked by non-devotees. Take only prasadam. And prasadam means you just can't go and buy some bread in the shop and offer and call it prasadam. So it makes a difference to your consciousness. What is that? Bishoye rana kaile malin hoi man man malin hoile nahe Krishna smaran. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that if we eat the food of sense, gratifi- sense gratifiers, then the mind becomes contaminated. And if the mind is contaminated, then we can't remember Krishna. So we may not preach about these things very much because we think it's people will... You know, it's too difficult for them or something, and then we initiate them. But then they don't get any strength because it's just like you're eating food, but the worms inside your stomach are eating it all up. So um, I would recommend that, yeah, in preaching we can be very accommodating. People are coming and we tell them, yeah, yeah, just start to chant Hare Krishna. We may not even in the beginning tell them all the rules and regulations. Yena teena prakarena mana krishna neveshayat. Mana krishna neveshayat. In the beginning, we don't have to introduce so many rules. Somehow or other, bring people's mind toward Krishna. So that's the first stage of preaching, is to bring people in. But then you have to bring them up also. Collecting many people is good, but just collecting them is not the aim of life. We have to bring them up. So, uh, when we say accommodating in preaching, what is preaching? The ultimate goal is to take people back to Godhead. So, to go back to Godhead, it's not just such an easy thing that some, you know, sometimes you say hurry bowl in the middle of, you know, drinking tea and smoking and eating fish, and time to time you say hurry bowl. E Krishnanam kore sarva koi. Just by chanting, yeah. And it, that's the uh, the Sahajiyas in Bengal. They think, well, you know, you just chant Hare Krishna and then that's it. Everything's complete. So what, what do you need to follow any rules for? You have no idea that you should follow any anything more strictly. So to bring people in, we can be very accommodating. And to bring people up, we have to tell them, you have to follow this, 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 this and this. Otherwise, you're not going to go up. Right? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, but this is in, is this in relation to this topic? Yeah. One devotee told you that Bhaktivinoda Thakur used to advise to do some social service. Uh, I'm not aware that he actually advised people, like if people come to him, he'd tell them to do some social service. In his Chaitanya Shikshamrita, he gives uh, very systematically the the, the gradations of uncivilized life, civilized life, spiritual life, 
devotional life like this. It's very scientific. That was actually translated in Telugu many years ago by Y. Jagannathan, Prabhupada's godbrother from Andhra Pradesh. That could be reprinted. It's a very important book, actually. I believe that was printed from uh, Kovur. So if you can get an old copy, if it's, if it's over 50 years ago, according to copyright <laughs> law, you can just print it. It's probably still in print, isn't it? Someone must be printing it. I don't know. Anyway, that's another question. Anyway, in that he says, like the uncivilized people, uh, then he says, comes to the, then he talks about a morality, like civilized people, they have system of morality and social work and all these kind of things. And then in, uh, for, for in, in devotional life also, those things, they may also be, they're not rejected, they may be there also. That is especially for householders who are living as part, they're, they're not renounced from society. That doesn't mean that ISKCON should open mundane schools and hospitals, which is the, I suppose, is the implication of what you're saying. That is for householders, they, they may do, but even then, Vaishnav householders, their folk, their focus is not on such things. There are already Vaishnav. hundreds of organizations doing these things. Vaishnavas, that's good, let them do it, but Vaishnavas should concentrate on the uh, ultimate goal of life. So it's part of human society, that's all. It's just like, you know, even the, even the animals, they assist each other in their bodily functions, right? So in human society, uh, <coughs> that such arrangements are required, medical arrangements and uh, various, what you could call, social welfare. So that is the uh, duty of a civilized person, but it's not the specific duty of a Vaishnava to do that. It's not like you, you know, every Vaishnava has, to, the main thing he has to do is uh, go and do some voluntary work in a hospital or something like that. It's, it's not directly related to Vaishnavism. Okay, so this... Uh, Sometimes the temple authority is not the disciple of the same Diksha Guru. In that case, the temple authorities say that following the authority of the temple is more important than following our Diksha Guru. In that case, there is a confusion in the devotee's mind who to follow and what to follow. Such authorities sometimes demand that you should have complete surrender. What should the devotees do in such cases? In such cases, the authorities have considerable philosophical and practical differences with that devotee. <laughs> yeah, we should surrender to Krishna. Surrender to Krishna is what that means is defined in Shastra. Anukulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya varjanam rakshishatiti vishvaso goptritve varanam tata avanikshepa karpanye sharavirha sharanagati. Uh, doing everything that is favorable for Krishna's service, rejecting everything unfavorable, uh, having firm conviction that Krishna is my maintainer and my protector, throwing yourself at Krishna. Atmanik Shepa literally means to throw yourself at Krishna. It means to be very uh, uh, intense and enthusiastic and determined to be, to be Krishna conscious. 
Atmanikshepa is a little different to Atmanikshepa. Atmanikshepa means like to offer yourself to Krishna, but Atmanikshepa means to throw yourself. It's more intense than Atmanikshepa. Atmanikshepa, you take or not take. And Atmanikshepa, you, you hold on to Krishna. And won't, won't, even if he wants to kick you away, he won't, won't, won't uh, allow that. And uh, humility, a, a feeling of myself as being wretched, Karpanya. Sometimes this is uh, interpreted that surrender means you just do whatever someone tells you to do, your temple president or whatever, but it's not the definition in Shastra. So uh, one should follow spiritual authority. One is particularly enjoined to, that's understood, one should follow the instructions of one's guru. There is... Uh, considerable discussion within our movement of parallel lines of authority. This very question, should you follow the temple, who is your authority, the town president or the guru? There are so many different uh, subtle points of consideration. The town presidents say, well look, we're organizing the preaching and the guru comes in and initiates and then just takes people away. Or That happens sometimes. But uh, sometimes it may be thought that the town presidents, they're just interested in manipulating people. Sometimes it's considered like that. Um, because they have some project which they want to develop and they may not be so much concerned about the spiritual development of the people, but they just want to get the job done. And uh, one town president, so I heard, actually has the policy. He says, anyway, they're not going to last, so get as much out of them as you can. So there should be a, a good... Ideally, there should be... I mean, I'm not saying that all temple presidents are like that, but sometimes it, it's perceived like that. That <laughs> some <laughs> may have some elements of such an attitude. So... Ideally, there should be a good... Uh, understanding between the town president and the initiating gurus. When it's not there, then there are, it can become very confusing for the disciple. Oh, there are so many things that could be said about this, how it, initiation is used to like manipulate people. and <coughs> Difficult question. <laughs> well, you have to see that... Uh, what's actually best for your spiritual life, who's actually concerned with your spiritual well-being. Some devotees are trained from the beginning that you know you don't associate with everyone because you have to be focused or something like this. And in this way they're not they're like they're not they don't even know what's going on. They're just not allowed to mix with others. But uh, yeah, devotees they, they should don't be, don't be manipulated like a robot. Spiritual life means that we should develop our consciousness and our intelligence, not that we become like some machine and we just do what, whatever someone tells us to do. If they tell us to fart, you have to fart. Anyway, don't say that. If they tell us to jump, you have to jump. Maybe in the very beginning, then you, you, know, you need some strict discipline just to help you get on the path. But actually, if you're becoming spiritually developed, then you, you're, 
intelligence should develop also, right? And you should be able to discriminate what is right and what is wrong. You shouldn't, it shouldn't be that you always have to be told what to do at every moment. അരാജമത്തം Arajakam. 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 Which language is that? Telugu. Hindi mein kya baat hai? It's like whatever they want they will do. No no organization, no king, no authority. See, there's no idea in Vedic culture. You have to make up some word. All these ideas come from the West. Actually, anarchy is there in, uh, in Satya Yoga, practically, because people are civilized enough. They don't need to be disciplined. Yeah. Hamsa Jati. Everyone's like, Satya Everyone's like a Paramahamsa, so you don't need... so much social organization you don't need brahman chatriya vaishya shudra all this but uh, just like organization i mean the, 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 the organization and authority that should be respected it doesn't mean that people are independently thinking that means they just do whatever they like without considering anyone else that's that means they should be controlled if they have that attitude just like in, if there's some local temple they have some policies and devotees should respect that anyway this this topic it could have so many different nuances and it could be discussed in so many ways what if you're experiencing some difficulty like this you'll just have to find how to live in this world in krishna consciousness it's not impossible it won't be i generally recommend just find some associate find some association in which you feel comfortable No actually before that there's another principle which is more important that we should be very serious about practicing Krishna consciousness and on that basis we should seek out good association I mean I, there's no there's hardly any devotees here who are temple resident devotees so if you're a congregational devotee and you don't feel so very happy with for for valid what may be considered valid reasons with the temple then you can go sometimes and maybe attend some nam hatha in which the devotees are more accommodating to use that word which just came up like that because there are different it's because there are different tastes and attitudes in krishna consciousness for some people it's very strict they like that for other people if it's very strict they they can't relate to it they can't they, they can't get into it 
If you tell them you have to follow all these rules very strictly, then they'll do. They, they can't follow anything. Then they, it's all or nothing. But if you, if it's a bit more relaxed, then they can follow. Sound like that. <laughs> it's amazing that uh, it's actually the great mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that in this condemned Kali Yoga, that so many people are interested in Krishna consciousness. And considering that the people in the modern generation, they grow up watching TV, which is full of all horrible things, and just increases calm, crowd, and loba, it's more amazing. In the, just by seeing that in the mind, you have so many impressions, and it's very difficult to remove these impressions from the mind. But still, people, they're, they're trying to be pure. That's a very laudable endeavor. No one is advertising go to temples, but still on Vaikuntha Kadishi you'll find that all the Hindus they go to Vishnu temple. No one's advertising go for Balaji Darshan. So it's uh, it's really the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that people are taking seriously to Krishna consciousness. And really, that mercy has been manifested in a very great way by Srila Prabhupada. So when we're talking about how accommodated we should be or how strict we should be, let's see the parameters that Prabhupada allowed, that he gave us. That's why, you see, if you want to be a follower of Prabhupada, I don't think we can bring the initiation level down below 16 rounds. I'm just saying that because one of Prabhupada's disciples who's gone outside is gone, he's... You know, he he doesn't give sixteen rounds. He just you just come and chant and like this and that. But I don't know how you can be, can really be a follower of Prabhupada if you compromise this, which he so many times emphasized. I mean, after all, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama. We have to we have to chant the holy names. You can't reduce it down to four rounds, one round, whenever you feel like it. But then where? Where's the where's the holy name, which is the the very means, sixteen rounds minimum. That's so. You also told me out at the farm you want to chant more. And actually, that's that's the uh, the purpose of the farm. The purpose of the farm is not actually growing food. Of course, farms are meant for growing food, but the purpose is that devotees come to, can come together. And just like we're having Shravan Kirtan camp, then they can have more Shravan and Kirtan every day. In the beginning, while well, you're setting things up, there may be you know, extra work and this and that. But I've seen in ISKCON farms in different places in the world that because we have this like city mentality that we always have to do something new and build something, that they never stop building something and having some new project. The idea is you just get everything you need and then you just grow what you need and chant Hare Krishna. But instead they're always making some, you know, some new building and some new idea. This, that Just sit peacefully and chant Hare Krishna. That is the success of the project. Not that you have more and more buildings and more and more schemes and this and that. In modern life, if people are brought up in such a way that if they, you know, they complain about stress, 
But they're so conditioned to it, if they're not in anxiety, they, you know, they feel uncomfortable. You know, they, they don't know how to relate to it. You know, they always have to be doing, you have to do something, and, you know, bring something new. But just chant Hare Krishna, just sit down. In the morning the sun will rise. During the day you do some work. In the evening you chant Hare Krishna. Next morning you get up, you do your sadhana, you do some work. And you, you know, you don't have to go out and conquer the world or build the biggest temple in the whole world. You don't have to do anything. Just live peacefully and chant Hare Krishna. People don't know what it means to be content because the modern life makes people always want to, you know, always get more, 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 more. So that culture. You can go and take rest if you want. I, I'm going to go on talking here if you want. Speaking, in Satya Yuga, is there no Varnashram? Is the question. In Bhagavatam, it's stated like that. Yeah, that that became introduced later. Although we see there, there may have been some, like, like well, Hiranyakashipu was a king, right, of sorts, not the kind we want. But Vishwamitra, he was in. Yeah, it must have been in Satya Yoga. Yeah. So it was something like that. But it seems that like the, the organize, like it said, that Prithu Maharaj introduced the demarcation of states. So it may have been like much more loosely organized without so many rules and this and that. I, exactly what it means. You have to, you have to uh, do some research to find out. You can take it at least that the majority of people were rishis. And dharma was followed as a matter of course, which just it means it was just naturally followed by everyone. And uh, there were no books as such. Books is a modern, written books is a modern innovation. Modern means for the last five thousand years. Mm. Many times. Whenever we do something, we have to tell our spiritual attorney and people say this God quite often. Whatever you do, you discuss with spiritual attorney. Mm. So, how much like this is This is too general. I can't, it is too general a question. I can't answer this. How much? What do you want me to say? 68.3 recurring percent? <laughs> One thing is that, um, especially in spiritual life, um, authority comes from faith, not from uh, simply making laws. People, people come voluntarily to spiritual life. You can't force anyone to follow anything. So, uh, authority that will, um, or, or a sustainable relationship is one that is based on faith that this person is competent to guide me and is desirous of guiding me for my betterment. 
If people uh, perceive that, then they'll want to remain in such a relationship. Otherwise, why should they stay? It's 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 a voluntary, voluntarily putting yourself forward, right? Again, for organizational matters, obviously some authority structure is required. But although the two areas much overlap, there is a difference between, or they may overlap, but there is a difference between like organization and then you know, which area, for instance, this book distribution party can go and actually guiding people in a manner that they can, giving them instructions so that they can make spiritual advancement. So, uh, like I say, naturally people, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll want to take the guidance of people who they feel uh, uh, who they trust are competent to spiritually guide them and are concerned to spiritually guide them. Okay. It doesn't seem to be very like a very spiritually uh, healthy or progressive relationship if someone says, you have to do what I say, and that's all, without questioning or understanding. That doesn't seem to be very spiritually healthy. That's the way that you may treat a young child like that, but even, or, or in the army or something like that. Of course, Prabhupada does, in one Bhagavad Gita purport, Prabhupada does refer to, he says, like military discipline. But of course, the, the military is meant for violent suppression, whereas Krishna consciousness is meant for uh, Bringing out the the real me, the, the the all the good qualities of the person. So you know, definitely strictness has to be there. But Prabhupada also quoted that uh, another English thing: force cannot stand. You can't go on just forcing people all the time. So I was surprised when you were doing the drama. I, I heard the name of so many demons. I thought you were going to do so many dramas in one evening, but there were many dramas. Changing the subject a bit. Yeah. Like the whole Putana drama was done just, you know, everything, just in like less than a minute. Putana comes, Krishna sucks her breast, and she falls down dead. That's all. Finished. Quick. Sweet and easy. It's one whole chapter in the Krishna book. It's a very uh, dangerous family. That Aga, Baka, Putana, they're all one. Brothers and sisters. Two brothers and one sister. Imagine if you had children like that. Varna Sankara. What kind of consciousness have the parents got to be in to have children like that? Spectacular demons. You don't get demons like that nowadays. They're trying their best, but they don't have so much capacity. You know, in Kali Yuga, everything's decreasing. So even, even the uh, demons, we don't see such big demons take the form of a huge snake, open their mouth, and the mouth goes right up to the sky. So, of course, we have cow, Sahade Prabhu, telling us all about the cow-killing demons. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we want to be happy in Krishna consciousness, but at the same time, 
How can we be happy with so many sinful activities going on to try and do something about it? Distribute Prabhupada's books, most important. Do a lot of Harinam Sankirtan. We, do, we don't realize how potent it is, actually. We, do, we should just go on doing lots and lots of public kirtan. Public and indoors also. Harinam Sankirtan. It actually has a tremendous effect. We can't measure it in any material terms because it's not a material activity. Dog has come. Huh? Dog is thinking, now it's our time. It's, now is the time when we are the kings. What are you doing here now? The time for us to run around and bark and disturb. Hare Krishna. The dog heard the names Hare Krishna, even coming from the lips of a serpent. With some effect may be there. So, yeah, we should. Tomorrow evening we are going out on Harinam in the city. <coughs> to the Haveli, yeah. Because Goranga Prasad, we were talking about Havelis just a short time ago. And he said there's one in Secunderabad. So I said, okay, you take me there next time. So he came and said, do you want to go now? I said, no, well, we can take our Harinam there. We can go, we can all go there. Haveli means Vallabh Sampradaya, Krishna temple. Actually, it doesn't mean that. It means a, it means a house. Actually, it just means a house. That's all. Hmm? Not even a palace, is it? Yeah, big house. Yeah. Palace is. See, there's. Yeah, in, in English you have actually in English a bungalow means a very small house. In Eng, in Indian English it means something else. Yeah, but that's actually uh, the word bungalow comes from the Hindi word, and then you have then you just have a house, and then you have a mansion which is a, a big house, and then a palace is something like huge. So uh, haveli means like like an opulent house like that, mansion maybe like that. But they 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 put. It's not like a temple with the sikar and it's deliberately made like a house because it's Krishna's home, Nanda Baba's home. That's the idea. Although Nanda Maharaj, of course, he lived in a palace, but that idea. But the word Haveli, it's it's, it's not used generally now. As it generally means Valab Temple, Valab Sampraday Temple, isn't it? It does not. It's not used for anything else, is it? In any part, they say Haveli for anything else? I see. Yeah. In Rajasthan, it's still in normal usage. Yeah. Okay. That worship system they have is very nice, actually, in Valab Sampraday, that all day there'll be something for the deity. They'll be singing different songs from him, for him, offering different food, and sometimes give some toys. Like this, some rattle like this. All day there'll be something. And he'll be sleeping quite a lot because he's a young boy. So they don't open the temple so much. Even in the uh, Sikh Gurudwaras, they'll go on singing songs. Last time I visited one, there's... Of course, Punjabi songs, old Punjabi, they're singing about Sham and the Yamuna and all this. I couldn't follow exactly because it's old Punjabi. I don't even understand modern Punjabi, but but they're saying but you would hear the word Sham, Gopi, Yamuna, all this.
very sweet. <coughs> the, the whole the mode of you know, playing tabla is very rhythmic and uh, maybe softly like that. Harmonium. Yeah. You see, now they started. Yeah. It's, they become kings at night. In the day, if they start barking, someone will throw a stone at them. But at night, they can enjoy. And trying, they can, yeah. It's all, it's, it's supposed to be a Krishna conscious observation based on the idea that every living being is trying to enjoy this material world and thinks he's the king of this world, including the dog. So, anything else? Yes. Gumaras, uh, there was a question about personal association. Mm. It was mentioned that it's not, maybe it's not that much important. Personal association with the guru, as mentioned, is not important. Actually, it's important. But you can get the personal... You can, you can get the personal association by following the instruction. So exactly what do you mean by personal association? That's the, that becomes a question. <coughs> okay, translate that. But Yeah, but I gave something in between. These light wallers, they want to take the lights down, is it? What time do you have the... Contract for that. I see. They want to turn it off. They're waiting to do something. Looks like they're thinking to do something. Is it? What time did you tell them? Something action. They'll finish and go. No, but he must have told them at some time, nine o'clock or something. And no, no such thing. It's just like the sound waller, they always have to fiddle with the mic, isn't it? It's, it's working okay, but they have to fiddle and you know, they have to do something. They can't just... Yeah, yeah and then? So, yeah. What about training which can be received through personal association? What proper training? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the question is about training through personal association. Yeah, well, uh, training definitely comes by personal guidance, doesn't it? Um, someone who is very determined and tuned in, they can get training by even at a distance. I'm thinking of Ekalavya. Of course, that wasn't appreciated because he did it illegitimately. But he he became an expert bowman by he he must have got the some kind of he must have eavesdropped or something on the instructions and just practiced. It. It, he he had a figure of Drona who he was worshiping and he went on practicing with the the archery. You couldn't become an expert piano player without being guided. Some people may, actually. Some people, it's just like from a previous life, like Mozart, he was just a brilliant musician. We heard George Harrison, John Lennon, they could just pick up any instrument and play it. But in general, you need some guidance. Uh, in my own case, I didn't get personal training from, like, 
being physically next to Srila Prabhupada and being trained like that. Uh, in my first days in the movement, the devotees, uh, means my godbrothers, who, uh, what I learned from them was very influential on me, I would say. Um, at some point, I thought to, for preaching, I should learn how to preach, learn from Srila Prabhupada, and then I systematically, well, I read Prabhupada's books with that aim and listened to the recordings, taking note of how Prabhupada dealt with different questions that people gave, and like this. Srila Prabhupada definitely, uh, he, he did personally train some devotees. With, he had that aim in mind of training them with the aim that they would train others. That was uh, maybe the most uh, clear in the case of Tamal Krishna Maharaj because uh, yeah, he was a very uh, systematic kind of person. It means trainable. If you, if you get in in how to do things in this world in the service of Krishna, and he was you know that was very much part of his personality that he he was into training others to tell him you should do like you must do like this why and, and if they do something wrong he'd really get on their case like that. So uh, that was the general understanding when I joined that that uh, there's like a, a chain of Training. There's the like the Prabhupada, the few devotees very close to Prabhupada who Prabhupada trained, and then they would train others like that, and then, like myself, we would get. Get at every moment there was training in those days. It wasn't all just smiling and love, but you know everything you did wrong, which was everything when you first joined, because you didn't know anything. You were told, "Ah, don't do that. Ah, you matcher, and all this kind of thing. So it was understood like that. You want to spend some time with me? You're a bit old to train. You're old, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And yet another English saying. You can't teach an old, that's, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But apart from the, the different techniques of how to do this and that, the real training is in dedication and surrender to the mission. And uh, it seems that that can be, even without lots of personal association, that can be transmitted. Because you can, you can get that from the... the per, if you, just like Ekalavya was meditating on Drona, and then you, 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 you get the basic bhav and you, you try to absorb that. In your case, you definitely got that with Parashuram, who's just, you never heard of him. He's not the, not internationally famous, I guess. Well, he is. He's been around different places, but uh, he's not the kind of person who will, uh, you know, make, make badges of himself and pass them out to people. Um, but he's a you know, ex extraordinarily dedicated preacher, and I guess you couldn't have been with him unless you. you no one can be with him unless they're in that mood, right? You got You got to be that. You got to be at least fifty percent parashuram to be with him, because otherwise, how can you keep up?
Yeah. It's one devotee based in London. You know, extraordinarily dedicated, dynamic preacher. So, but this is also, now you come to live on this farm community and it's really a change of pace. But that also requires dedication. It's it's not a, like people, rich people, they, they have a country home, but this is not meant to be a holiday home. Um, the idea is to live there so that we can be Krishna conscious. And that's why you come there. Srila Prabhupada once he was speaking about simple living and high thinking, he said you can't live simply unless you have bhakti. Because if you don't have bhakti, then you'll have so many material demands. It used to be in the beginning days of New Vrindavan, it used to be well known that there'd be plenty of devotees of summer in the summer and hardly any in the winter. Because the winter there is very cold. And there were no proper roads. The road in the winter just became like a a bog. A bog is like you put your foot in and you, you can't they sink in the mud and you can't pull it out again. And although it were, the conditions were very austere, they were into more austerities. So things like uh, you know very austere prasadam and bathing means you jump in the lake at three o'clock in the morning. You have to break the ice and all this kind of thing. They can't imagine what it means to break the ice. It means the lake has a sheet of ice on it. Ice means something you get, you put it in your soft drink or something like that. In India, that's all they know. I mean, but uh, the whole lake is covered with a sheet of ice because it's so cold. Then you have to break that and jump in. Hare Krishna. So it might be like that in the beginning here in the summer, in the, in the farm. That In the winter there's more devotees than in the summer because it's not so easy in the heat. You may think, why am I suffering in this heat? And then you go back to suffer in the city so that you can have some facility. You have to go and work like an ass in the city. At Belgaon Farm, Madha Prabhu, who's been overseeing that project for years. Last time I went there, <coughs> he said that physically it's austere, but mentally it's very nice. And he said it's such a difference from when you go in the town. And the town is Belgaon, which is, you know, it's, it, it makes Hyderabad look like Hong Kong. Isn't it? Hyderabad itself is not so bad compared to Bombay or Delhi or Bangalore. But then Belgaon, it's still very much like a country town, isn't it? It's quite a big town, but it's still very much that atmosphere like a country town. But still, Madhav said, if you go into the town, it's just, you know, there's so many agitations for the mind and it's such a difference. So it, it, mentally, it's the sattvic atmosphere. It, there's... You just can't get it in a city. Manasikanga Adi Chala Satvikamina Vatavarnu Atunda Vatarano Mana Nagarala Pandalim. And particularly like we make our own community like that, because I mean we're making our farm there, but it's it's not the same. Even being in a village, like if you go to Gorai Pali or Masaipet, I mean our devotees are there, but apart from that, the people, you know, they're not in good consciousness. They're just, you know, they're just eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. There's, there's no higher consciousness. 
So it's it's not just living in the country or living in the village, but there has to be a strong sense of Krishna consciousness. So that's what we want to bring in. Otherwise, there's no point to live in the village. There's no point to live anywhere unless we're Krishna conscious. Everything is useless without that. Nishprayojanam. Mm. Yeah, anything else? Kirtan? Some Have some more kirtan? This eclipse is supposed to be over in 23 minutes. Thanks to, thanks to Rahu, we're having some extra extended Shravan Kirtan here. I hope we all get up in the morning also. Rahu does some good things also. All the demons, they do, indirectly they do some good things. Now if it wasn't for Hiranyakashipu, then Nushima would have never come. So we should be grateful. Now then there'll be no Yadgiri Guta, no Simhachalam, Ahobilam, yeah, there's so many places. Sometimes after I finish, I tell like, on Nushima Chaturdashi, then I speak something about Nushimha Dev. And then after that, yeah. Then I'll say, Nushimha Dev Bhagavan Aki Jai. Shri Prahlad Maharaj Aki Jai. Shri La Prabhupada Aki Jai. Hiranyakashipu Ki. You see? Everyone just says Jai automatically. But in the Bhagavatam it also says, Shri Hiranyakashipu Uvacha. So... I'm not saying Hiranyakashipu is good, but still, they have their role to play. Their Krishna engages them, you could say. That's the whole idea. They, Jai and Vijay came to this world. Krishna was engaging them some way or another. So, we'll have a little kirtan. You have the song books there? You can pass it out. What is that? There's about Rahu, it said. Okalanka Gaura Chandra Dila Darashan Etu Chinti Rahu Koilo Chandra Gahan That the spotless moon of Gaura Chandra came into this world, he gave his darshan. So understanding this, Rahu, he ate up the other moon. You say, what's the use of, what's the use of this moon? We have Gora Chandra. So Rahu made the Chandra Graha. He's Akalanka, Akalanka Gora Chandra. Akalanka Gora Chandra. Because the moon has so much Kalanka, has so many markings on the moon. So, uh, and at the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance, everyone was chanting, the holy name of the Lord. So he, he came into this world to make people chant and at the time he came in, he made people chant just by his very appearance. Did you find the page number? <coughs> Tell the page number. Jai Radha, Jai Krishna. I didn't say the song. Jai Radha, Jai Krishna, Jai Vrindava. Expecting you all just to understand by mental... In New Vrindavan one time... <laughs> It's related that Prabhupada was there with so many devotees at Janmashtami. Devotees were fasting all day and they're just looking, you know, when's it 12 o'clock? And then we can take some prasadam. And then I guess they looked like this. It's only me who has this funny thing. I'm not wearing a watch. So then, you know, they came 12 o'clock and then there was the arati and they thought, oh, now we're going to have prasadam. 
And Prabhupada sat down in the temple room and said, let's read Krishna book. And Prabhupada had devotees read out Krishna book. And they read one chapter and the devotees were hoping that that would be the end. But Prabhupada read one chapter, another chapter, another chapter. And then after a few chapters, Prabhupada said, oh, you're... Because everyone was like, you know, falling, not falling asleep, but sometimes they'd wake up and probably say, oh, you're very tired. All right, you can go. But Prabhupada was just willing to stay up all night and just read Krishna book. That's actually the way to observe Janmashtri, with Jagaram, staying up all night. That's really easy. Fasting and staying up all night.